0: When Peter Randolph launched Subutio in 1947 he couldn't have imagined for one moment the impact he would have on the lives of the generations to come. Now about to enter its ninth decade of production the game seems to be enjoying something of a renaissance thanks to the global coronavirus pandemic. When men and indeed some women of a certain age found themselves stuck indoors for long periods of time Many made the short trip into lofts and garages to dust off their 1970s and 80s collections in the hope of introducing Subutio to a new generation of children and grandchildren. I know this because I was one of them. Although I'd first played the game in the 1970s, and on and off throughout the decades in between, thanks to the new online community of players and collectors I'd met through lockdown, my interest returned with a vengeance. And my son, who incidentally hadn't played the game for 10 years, was an eager collaborator. In this first episode of Finger Flickin' Good, we'll examine what it was that brought people back to the game as well as providing valuable advice for those who want to rekindle their own interest in one of the greatest tabletop games ever invented. So keep listening. John Lennon famously said, Life is what happens to you while you're busy making other plans. And for many players... It was a sense that life was happening that first disconnected them from the game. I can remember playing Subutio well into my teens then it all suddenly stopped. What replaced it now I can't remember exactly but it was probably a mixture of school exams, girls and alcohol but not necessarily in that order. All I know is that by the time the 1990 world cup finals came around I was in full-time employment with a Scottish bank in Glasgow A decision to organise a Subutio tournament with my workmates involved a four-hour car trip home to collect my teams, pitch and goals from my mum's house in Aberdeen. Even then, I discovered that I was short of balls. No jokes, please. But in 1990, these could easily be picked up, even in your local branch of W.H. Smith. So ubiquitous was the game of Subutio at that time. So... If for me, the need to replicate a major football tournament was the impetus to rekindle my love of Subutio, what was it for others? For Lawrence Watson of What's He's Table Soccer, it was different.
1: I think about, it was about eight years ago, um it's just before my daughter was born. As I decided, I was sitting maybe, sitting in the house one night and I thought I was going through eBay. And you know, you, you, you find things, and something comes into your head and you go and search for it. And, but I don't know what I came up with, Sabudio, how, how I found it or thought of it. But I went on eBay one evening um, and just seen everything. It was just there and it was it was so cheap. Like, you were, you were getting teams and you were getting pitches and you were getting, like, a, a grandstand and they were all coming in around, like, £10 for the good stand and the team, you were getting a team for £3. So, what happened was I bought a whole load of teams and then I bought started buying the stands and a pitch and stuff. So, me and a friend of mine, we started we never knew the, the rules. We had a, a rough idea of what the they were, you know, you were only allowed three flicks and whatever else with the same player, but as far as offsides sides and all were concerned, we didn't really care. But I sort of on a Friday night we'd have set a table up in somebody's house and played a lot of games between each other and that was sort of the start of it. And then I built the like a small stand up in the attic, cleared the attic out and built the stadiums. I think I had nearly a full side of stadiums and terraces and stuff And then I had friends Donate me teams they are going into their parents' attics And found a whole load of teams So they knew that it was They had started buying this So I think I ended up with Maybe the got to 30 teams or so And then I had maybe the At least Seven or eight stands and terraces And then it just lay My daughter was born um, In July uh, 2013 And it just lay in the attic for maybe lay in the attic for two years, just sitting on the table and gathering dust. So I went up and, I basically went up and just took everything down and put it back on eBay. Got double the money for it then because of the, the obviously the, the, the desire for people to play it again had increased. And um, yeah, sold it all. and never went near it again. And then when it did come back to it four years ago, I was raging, I sold everything. You know, it was just thinking what you had and all the teams you had, they would have been worth a lot more money these days. So that was that was my second sort of venture back in it, but it wasn't, basically it wasn't playing serious. It was more of a collector then.
0: For others, the time away from Subutio can be even longer. Stephen Hurrell is a journalist from Merseyside who writes the influential Subutio online blog.
2: I had quite a long time away from it. So as I say, I collected and, and, and played um during the nineties with friends, you know, going around to each other's houses and setting up stadiums and everything else that, you know, is pretty typical of um somebody who played as a child. And then I sort of moved away from it for a good twenty years. Um but I still did buy the odd bit. I did still go onto eBay and buy a Simputio you know, FA Cup or uh, you know, a, a, a nice team. Um so we did have bits and pieces around the house for a good few years and then it was about three or four years ago I decided to reorder a set and I was thinking it would look nice in a display in a home office and I'd just gone freelance so I thought I'll do the office up as a bit of a sports office and um yeah and then off the back of that I started to get more bits and really it's quite overwhelming when you come back to Subutio you don't realize how much has been created from the heavyweight era right through to the lightweight era and then you know all the other bits the La Lagenda stuff in Italy and the newer Hasbro stuff so that's why I set up the blog basically I set it up to sort of chronicle my journey of rediscovery for Subutio so I, I definitely don't class myself as any sort of, sort of expert or somebody who knows a lot about it and the blog is just my way of writing as I learn about more things than the game and learn from people who know a lot more about the game than I do.
0: Stuart Grant the host of the popular YouTube channel Ubeautio fits the bill of how many people get back into the game through collecting.
3: It was literally, I just got caught caught up in a whole whirlwind of it all. I I thought to myself, right, I'll put this stadium together as a kid. That's what I want to do. Put the stadium together in the loft. And then it just sort of snowballed. And I realised that you suddenly realise again that there's hundreds of thousands of different teams and loads of different balls and goals. And there's always something new. Even if someone's customising the team, it's something new and there's a different opinion. And that's, that's what I really like about our new podcast that we've put out, the Sabutio show. We've all got such different opinions on everything. As that show goes on, we will all learn so much from each other about Cibutio because I know something about this, whereas Callum will know something else. Lawrence, Stephen, we've all got different opinions and bits and bobs. And when you bring all that together, Cebutio' is so vast and open and worldwide as well. There's so much going on in it. It will never end. I mean, even if I was to collect every single team, which will never happen, no one will ever collect every single team. If I was to collect every single team, I could then go off and collect all the different base variations and stuff like that. It just snowballs. And I think that's what happened for everyone during the lockdown, the first lockdown. Everyone started building stadiums because they had that time on their hands. And the next thing they know they're collecting all these teams, and they're building sheds in their garden so they can put it all in. It's just, it's so addictive. It sounds, I make it sound like it's a drug, but it, it is. Collecting anything, it's just, it's so addictive.
0: Some people are lucky enough to grow up with the game throughout their lives. Callum Westwood of Westwood Table Soccer is one such lucky person. Here he explains how sabutio has always been part of his
4: life. My dad always had it, um growing up so my mum and dad went together when we were little so we used to go there every other weekend Um and my dad always had a table up always had a pitch up um so I mean I, I remember the game sort of from the beginning really probably my first started playing I'd probably say when I was about six or seven um and the first set like box that I ever got was the Premier League set with the um had the black and white goal nets in it, Premier League trophy. And my dad had changed the reds and the blues in, he'd repainted them into um, Leicester and Southampton because I I sort of lived down Southampton way and I support Leicester. So he changed those two teams in it from there. And then that was it really. That was probably my, that was my first set. I got a Newcastle not long afterwards um, in a lightweight, which I still have. And what else did I get a Liverpool away kit? The Adidas one with the, the green and black one so had a few teams mostly lightweights to start with but yeah that was my first set
0: another member of the Sabutio online community is Gareth Christie based in Dundee Gareth along with his father Bill's bespoke Sabutio tables as flick for kicks for him Sabutio is something he's always played and it's not just the enjoyment he gets from playing the game itself that's important to him it's much more than that
5: I think when I was at uni I kind of I was just so busy um, and I played less, um, but I've always, yeah, I've always played. And actually, it's it's funny, since, since I started the business, I've actually not been playing as much. I actually don't get much time to play anymore. Um, so when I do, it's actually a proper treat and it you know, kind of reminds me why I, I started. Um, but uh, yeah, I've always played. I just love it. And it's actually one of the reasons we started the business as well is um, to encourage yeah just that social interaction that face-to-face kind of play because you know i spend or i used to spend so much time in front of a screen as a you know digital artist so um subutio was actually one of the, the few things where i could actually get out and meet people and um yeah travel around and uh yeah make new make friends and yeah so
0: of course Much of the appeal of Subutu to adults is a feeling of nostalgia when they play. It's that feeling, I believe, of being transported back to earlier, less complicated times that makes it special. Where once upon a time we all played in our mother's carpets, nowadays we are more likely to play at worst on a piece of sound MDF placed on the kitchen table, and at best in our own miniature stadium. I asked our contributors if they could remember when they first started playing the game. Here's Stuart Grant again.
3: Yeah, so my first set, it was Christmas 1990, we just had, it was obviously after the summer of Italian 90 World Cup, I got the stadium edition for Christmas. So I had had the box set, I had one stand, I had the corner flags, I had the teams and I additionally had an England side as well in the 6300 box. I never really played with anyone it's a bit of a sub story. I was an only child. I'm not asking for tears. It sounds ridiculous. But I used to play, I used to play that all the time. I was setting it out, getting it out. And I used to film stop-motion videos on it quite a lot. Remember when you used to like get an old camera and you sort of click a scene, click a scene, click a scene? I used to film stop-motion videos on it. So even back then, I wasn't really playing as much as I probably could. I was more mucking about of it and into the kits and stuff like that. So 1990, Christmas, I remember getting it. There's a photo of me somewhere under a tree playing it. Oh, fantastic. Good times.
0: Stephen Hurrell, of Subutio Online, remembers his first Subutio set with fondness. I can't.
2: So I'm 36 now. Uh, my first set was in the early 90s. It was the um, bright green box with the Sampdoria Leeds picture on the front with the with the folding lid. Um so I got that for a birthday or Christmas around the age of sort of seven or eight and, um, laid it out on the carpet, you know, the typical reference one and two blue and red teams. I think it's a uh, pretty typical of most people's experience with the first set. Um, and then it was a regular sort of trip into town to the Sabutio shop to buy the latest teams. So my love of Sabutio is very much that sort of late lightweight era before the really bad premier league sets came in The the, um, the green boxes with the quite large window in there. That that's definitely the stuff that I still love.
0: Lawrence Watson's introduction was similar in many ways to Stuart Grant's, but like me, he never began playing with a proper set.
1: I think uh, during the World Cup ninety, um, and it Lee was the first my first memory of subudio um I always say that <clears throat> sorry, when there was a there was a, a crisp manufacturer in in Belfast or in Northern Ireland, that used to be called Tudor Crisps. So you, I think it was ten packets you collected, and you would send them away during the World Cup, and they would send you a subito team. So a, a lot of people have sort of said that's it's no way that the crisp manufacturer was giving away a team for ten packets because it wouldn't it wouldn't be sustainable, you know. But I'm almost sure that's what you had to do. But throughout the the neighbourhood, we collected enough crisp bags to get. I think we got about ten teams between us all, and we started a World Cup, and it sort of run run along the same time as the the World Cup in Italy at the time. So we run a World Cup in the street, and I, I remember I don't think we ever bought an official set. I think somebody had a pitch, um, and then I think maybe my brother made have bought a set, but I wouldn't I wouldn't know which set it was, you know, that way, um. But then obviously I think it made it made a lasted about a year playing. Not even a year, I think. I had a pitch on a board and one year my brother I think my brother broke his bed and needed a uh, a bit of like five foot board to fix his bed, so we cut our subido table up and it just it just disappeared for, for months. No one knew where the table had gone and then I think one day we were left looking for something we lifted his bed and there it was, the subido board cut in half, fixing his bed. <laughs> Gareth
0: Christie was another one who started with a set in the late nineteen eighties. A time which now looking back Seems like something of a golden age for Subutio.
5: Uh, I started playing in 1989 in the summer. Um there's a bunch of school kids. Uh, we were a bunch of school kids got together. And um, yeah, I think my first set was a club edition um, with uh, Watford on the front. Um, and I still remember that that silver sticker that uh, gave me the year 1989 um, in the corner.
0: So in this episode, we've heard all about what brought people to Subutio in the first place and what reignited their passion for it later in life. But before we finish, here's some advice from our contributors for those who may be considering taking up this wonderful game for the first time or for those looking to return it after a lengthy period away from it. First up, it's Callum Westwood of Westwood Table Soccer.
4: Um a lot of it will depend on what they want to get out of them getting back into it. Um, as I say, there's if you're just after teams and stuff, there's so many people out there that are painting teams, some that are better than others. Um, there's some of the guys. One of my biggest frustrations is there's certain artists out there that I don't think get the credit they deserve. Um, but if you're just after teams, I would say it dep- depends what you're after. There are bargains still to be had. Like I've picked a few things up on eBay recently that I'm planning on restoring. So there are still, cheap enough teams to get out there but there are also like I said earlier on if someone sees one team go for a certain amount of money and they all might actually think that everything's worth it um in terms of the modern version of Subutio I really don't like it I think it's it's cheap it's just I don't know for me it doesn't have any I don't know it doesn't have any magic around it but if someone was just getting back into it I would say get into the the Twitter community I think is great um some really really good guys i would say the twitter community is actually arguably better than the facebook community um the facebook community can be very sort of clicky there's a lot of divides within the the facebook community between which era of the game you like and you want or whether you play old studio rules whether you play your own version of the rules or whether you play the professional version of the rules where they have the super slidey bases and the funny figures and stuff. So a lot of it, I would say, if you're going to get back into it, have a little look around, do a Google search on the internet. There's so many, it's it's alive as a community, this video community. It's just about finding which part of it you want to get in to be a part of. What did you like about it before? And then find, find the guys in there that would do what you want to do. And, you know, you will find those people that are willing to trade and, you know, sell to like-minded collectors at reasonable prices And just be aware, like be careful if you want to get teams and sets and things, have yourself a price limit, have a look around to see what the average price is. And if you see something that you want, set yourself a limit on it because it's so easy to spend too much money on something that actually when it turns up isn't what you expect it to be. So I would also say be cautious, have a look around, get to know people that are still in the community now. Like I said, there's a lot of great people involved in all different sort of sides of it, Um, you know, like yourself, um, Sputo Collector. Um, and there's all these painters out there that, you know, will be happy to to provide, depending on what you want. There's so many different figures out there as well now that weren't around before. So there's loads of stuff out there. I would say the best thing to do if you're getting into it is just have a look around first before you jump in. Gareth Christie
0: has similar advice, but his perspective is slightly different in that he puts a case forward for those that want to play the modern game at a more serious level.
5: I think it depends how you want to play if, you, if you're harken back to the old days and you want to have what you had when you were a kid, um, the auction sites are a decent way to go. Although eBay is quite, um, eBay is overpriced at the moment. Um, it went a bit crazy in lockdown. Um, I think um, for, for me personally, I think the I prefer the, the modern game, the actual game mechanics and the, um, I like to play quite quickly myself and lots of fast moves and, um, you know, sliding and touch-ups and stuff like that. So the modern game with the flatter bases kind of um, lends itself to that. But um, the problem is the modern sets, I suppose, um, the modern Subutio sets are, I would, I'm not not a fan. Um, I think... You're, you're better off buying the individual accessories um, from places like Subutio World and you know, get a decent pitch and um, yeah, some, some good figures. Uh, yeah, even you get entry level, um, flatter based figures, and, and they're, they're great. Um, but yeah, most of the ones in the sets, the actual official Subutio sets, aren't that great, in my opinion, from a playing
0: point of view. Lawrence Watson is definitely not a fan of the new Subutio sets. And like Gareth Christie, his advice is for someone who might be looking to play rather than collect.
1: I would definitely, um, the modern sets to me, I wouldn't, they don't entertain me. The modern sets are not great looking. Um, I know they've tried to revive it, but I think, you know, the makers have just sort of, they've only went half-hearted in the re-bringing out the, the, the sets. I mean, they branded one of them as France and Belgium, I think it was, and it was basically just a blue team and a red team. There was no you know, it could have been Chelsea and Liverpool, it could have been anybody. So to me I would <clears throat> I would advise to get try and try and pick up a bargain on ebay. You know, you get the you can pick up a, a half decent Astro pitch for guts a twenty five pound. And I mean if you're gonna play it and you want to play it serious, there's no point in buying the cloth pitches. You know, the cloth pitcher comes in the old sets are aren't really much used to you you know um, it's worth the investment 20, £25 pound for second hand Astro Pitch a couple of teams you know we you can pick up an old Zugo team for 3 or £4 pound and the bases are great they're flat and you can you can shine them and you can get a, a good flick on them you know um, obviously some of you'll get you get some people that are hardcore and old school and they, all they want to use is the wobbly bases the, the old fashioned bases so um you still pick up a team pretty cheap on eBay for that. You know, even if even if you you you, you sort of study them for a while, you you will get a team for three or four pounds if you just pick the right teams, you know. Um and then like so there's that so many there's that many people. And if you get in the right Facebook forums or the right Facebook groups, there is people selling stuff at reasonable prices, you know. They will they know they're selling the like-minded people, so they will they will keep the price pretty low. Um, and know there is a few pages are on Facebook that that sell stuff. You know, uh, Subido Revival. I think this page might be called or something. So, yeah, there's always people on sale. And so I, I definitely recommend using older stuff, or maybe look at Zugo stuff. You know, if you're only getting into it. Um, but if you've never played it before and you're, you're you've you've seen people playing it and you like to get into it, I would definitely. Definitely uh, recommend you went for the, the flatter bases and maybe um, a nice cheap set. COR Dynamics would would set you back about eleven pound for a set, and you can just stick the old figures in, you know, in and the, the the actual new bases. So, yeah, it's it, it could be cheap enough to get set up if you were if you were thinking of getting back into it.
0: Stephen Huddle is another who lacks enthusiasm for the new products. Like me, he takes a nostalgic view of getting back into the game. I would
2: definitely advise buying older sets. Um, you can get them fairly cheap. You can get a box set for £10, £20 um, from you know the old heavyweight era. You can, as I say, the early 90s stuff that I like. Um, you get some nice 80s sets. So you can get a good range of classics with you um, at a very reasonable price. And often they'll come in under the price of a a new set. So the new um, University Games set on sale in the uk now i think it's about 35 pounds when you look when you look at argos and places like that and i just think you can get better value elsewhere of course if you want a brand new set that's really durable and um, ideal for kids i would i'd recommend buying the new stuff but if you're a collector or you, you know you played as a child i'd go back to the era that you first played and buy that because not only is it not only the really nice sets they're also great for display as well
0: but we'll leave the final piece of advice for those returning to the game to Stuart Grant his attitude is refreshingly anarchist in tone
3: buy what you want that is the best advice i can give buy what you want if you want to buy something for your own era buy what's in your era if you fancy trying a new set try a new set do what you want don't do what the community says and say oh the new stuff's rubbish yeah the new stuff's not as good as the older stuff that's fair but they're trying but if you want to buy a new set Do it. Tackle it how you want. Make your own decisions on it. The new pitches in the new main game set, although the teams were a bit rubbish, the actual pitches are quite good and I would probably lay one of them and put it down. But do what you want. I would say go for your own era first and then branch out from there because there's so many, like I said earlier, there's so many different shoots. But don't necessarily even buy a box set. Just go buy a pitch. If you was in the 80s, just buy the 80s pitch. Then buy a couple of goals. You can get goals cheap enough. It's very, very easy. And if you just want to build a stadium and you don't care what it's made of, there's so many sites. I mean, Sabutio Stadium, they do so many little bits and bobs on there. It really depends on what you want. I mean, if you're just a modeler and you're getting in it just to build a stadium, you can use Hornby stuff. You could direct it that way. First port of call is if you're just looking to get into the game and play it, first port of call get onto a site like Subutio World, buy a simple set and play from there. But there is nothing wrong with just going on eBay, searching for a pitch, joining a couple of the Facebook groups, asking a couple of questions and starting from there. But follow your heart. Don't do what everyone else says. Buy what you want and make your own decisions.
0: As we've heard in this episode, Subutio still manages to evoke strong emotions in those that play and collect the game. If you once played it, and would like to play it again, especially in these times of lockdown, And hopefully some of the advice that our contributors have handed out here will help you make your mind up about where to start. If you want more information about taking up the game, then go onto Twitter, Facebook, or YouTube for more information. In the episode notes, you'll find links to all of our contributors through Twitter. In our next episode, I'll be looking in more detail at how to get into collecting, where to start, what you might have to pay for items, and what collectors consider the holy grail of collectibles. Finger Flickin' Good is a near production. It's written and presented by me, Derek Eyre, with contributions this week from Gareth Christie, Stuart Grant, Stephen Hurrell, Lawrence Watson, and Callum Westwood. The theme music you're hearing is Drive. It's written and produced specially for the programme by Campbell Ayer of The Creature Appeal. Check them out Apple Music, Amazon Music and Spotify.